Two hours away from the kickoff of BYU football. Inside 10, 5, he's going in! Touchdown! Gunner Romney from 45 yards out! This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. Cougar Pregame Live is also brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. And by Kingarf, Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. To get you ready for today's action, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Ben Bagley. And good afternoon, BYU fans. Welcome to Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Four days ago, just four days ago, BYU didn't have a game scheduled today. And now we're getting ready for a matchup of top 20 teams as the 13th-ranked BYU Cougars will face the 18th-ranked Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Welcome to 2020, where, like a good middle linebacker, you need to have your head on a swivel, read the offense, and be ready to move, something BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo was able to do and execute this week with the help of ESPN and others. I am Ben Bagley here in our BYU Radio studios in Provo. Joining me from Conway, South Carolina, is former BYU quarterback Riley Nelson. Riley, no Cougar football last weekend, almost no Cougar football this weekend, but now you're in South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, nice area. I'm in studio, and we're getting ready for one of the biggest games of the season for BYU. Yeah, it's Christmas come early. It's Dece- Here we're sitting December 5th, like you said, just uh, in Conway, South Carolina, but it's Myrtle Beach adjacent. Got a nice little jog in on the beach this morning. It, actually, it wasn't nice because it was probably 20-plus mile-an-hour winds and in the low 40s, but still, anytime you get your toes in the sand and you get a stare out over the ocean, uh, it's a nice opportunity for you. But th- what brings us here is football. It's uh, a- and a matchup that's extremely intriguing. Uh, a team in Coastal Carolina that's burst on the scene with their teal uniforms and their teal turf only three years into FBS, and they find themselves at 9-0 and and in a ranked matchup with BYU. It couldn't be more excited. Like I said, uh, the 5th of December might be a little bit better even for me and maybe other football junkies out there than the 25th. Christmas coming 20 days early. Before we get ready with the Cougars facing the Chanticleers, let's get to things you need to know as we get ready for this game. All right, Riley, the first thing we want to look at is just how quickly this game came together. Wednesday night, rumors began to pop around, and the BYU equipment truck rolls out of Provo, not knowing exactly if there was a game, but they hit the road. Nice job by Hal and Feely getting it all the way to South Carolina. The team practices late Wednesday with their first focus on Coastal Carolina. Thursday morning, just after 9 Eastern a.m., it became official. Teams traveled yesterday, and Viola today is game day question for you as a guy who's had to get ready maybe not on three days notice but on short weeks notice is it easier or harder for BYU to get ready on a short week yeah I that's a good question and I've got some points uh, later on in the show for those that stick with us I'm in the QB read segment I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the specifics of the preparation the only personally the only experience I had like this was my junior year in high school we were in a tie and had to play a playing game in the playoffs so we played Friday had to play a playing game on Tuesday and then play our first round playoff game again on Friday so kind of back-to-back short weeks and what was we actually ended up winning on Tuesday and and, an upset uh, on Friday and I think the key to that was we really just had to focus on what we do well in our personal preparation so I think it was crazy the uncertainty part of it was crazy as far as the football preparation I think this BYU team is confident in who they are what they can do and so I think their prep was just more focused about all right we need to make sure we're dialed in to come out and execute what we could do because regardless of the opponent I believe this football team believes that 
if they come out and execute, it doesn't matter who's lining up across from them, they should be successful. A lot of football fans across the country this year are getting to know the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. You mentioned the Till uniforms just getting into FBS just a few years ago, and they're making some noise this year in the Sunbelt Conference. They're 9-0. They'll be going to the championship game regardless of the outcome today. They're 18th in the college football playoff uh, rankings. They're 5-0 at home. Uh, that we have one like opponent between BYU and the Chanticleers, and that is Texas State, which interestingly enough, Riley, the Shants, as they're called, beat them 49-14. to BYU beat the Bobcats 52-14. Pretty close there. They've got a really, really hot fresh redshirt freshman quarterback in Grayson McCall, who his numbers may not wow you at first glance, but he's got 20 touchdowns to one interception, and he's 117 for 174, and that is impressive. They also run an interesting offense. It's kind of a old-school triple option with a modern RPO trip. RPO twist mixed in. Uh, What do you see and what do you like out of these shots? Yeah. Okay. Now I got myself. Hey, sorry about that. No, you're fine. Go. A little bit of technical difficulty. So uh, they're doing what every breakout program has to do. You know, it reminds me of when uh, BYU, and of course, BYU had been playing football for a long, long time. But kind of when they burst onto the scene back in the '80s, they bur- late '70s, early '80s, they burst on the scene doing something different than anybody else was doing. And that's what the Chanticleers have done here with their offense. It's a brand of football that started at the high school level and grassroots, and has kind of emerged. And as you you tweak it and you improve it, and you you apply it at the next level, and then you work out some of the kinks and some of the bugs. And they're at a position. I think they're at that inflection point where every team they play, this offensive staff is uh or sorry this offensive scheme is such that it's the first time their opponent's seeing it and they are executing it at a high enough level and the strategy is developed enough to where it gives people fits and they're able to put up a lot of points couple that with the fact that there's a lot of talent out here in the carolinas out here in the eastern seaboard football is a huge i mean this is the same state where clemson is right so football is a religion and, and is a god out here so you've got a lot of a talent you couple the, a unique scheme with a pool of talent to where you know Coastal Carolina is not getting the top tier, but they're getting good enough talent, and uh, you know this program's set to make some noise. But hopefully, they don't make too much today against <laughs> BYU, or at least BYU can kind of deaden it a little bit. Well, the one thing that uh, experience, weird offenses, uh, short time to get ready for a game can't overcome, and that's size and physicality, and that's where BYU has the edge. I'm just going to look at one, one, one matchup. Uh, their center. They only have one guy on the offensive line, the right guard, Trey Carter, who's 300 pounds. No, no, he's the heaviest guy, but their center, Sam Thompson's 5'9", 290, and he's going to be lining up against Kyrus Tonga. How does BYU dominate the trenches? Because that's where they'll win this game. Yeah, I think that's a, that, that's a nice stat. And David Pollock mentioned that this morning on College Game Day, and it's something that people have focused on. And Look, he's a great player. You don't, you don't play college football, let alone FBS or even FCS, at, at 5'9", 290 unless you got some particular skills but when you're lining up against a guy in Kairos Tonga who's got an NFL future who's 6'4 320 he was last time he was 5'9 was probably you know the fourth or fifth grade you know that was last time he was 5'9 290 I mean it should it should be apparent I think 
Look, as I look at this game in the trenches, uh, I think that's going to be the main difference. That's where over the course of four quarters, BYU will be able to separate themselves or at least hopefully be able to separate themselves. But we've seen the BYU defense. It takes them a drive or two to figure out their opponent. And then you add in what we just talked about uh, a moment ago with the unique nature of this Coastal Carolina offense. There is some intrigue in this game for sure. What's going to be interesting to see if that physicality wears Coastal Carolina down in the third and fourth quarter. That's what I think BYU is going to be looking for. Well, coming up next, we'll get to know the foes. We talked to Joe Cashin, the play-by-play voice of the the Chanticleers. This is Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Ben Bagley. And it's time to get to know your foe. We're joined right now on Cougar Pregame Live with Joe Cash and the play-by-play voice for the 18th-ranked Coastal Carolina shot to clears. Joe, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me on once again to talk some BYU and Coastal football. Well, you were not. You and I were joking uh, off the air. You and I, have, we've got a nice three-day friendship going. As I talked to you early Thursday morning, as this thing was coming together, like, hey, we're both here and this is happening. What can we can we help each other out? You were kind enough to join us on BYU Sports Nation again today. But uh, hey, we're we're really good three-day friends. And you know what? In three days, we went from not knowing what this weekend was going to be look like to maybe having the biggest game of the year for sure for both programs but with all the ramifications for both programs maybe the biggest game in the uh, in program history for both sides i would say so absolutely because you know since we came to the fbs we've not had anything of this magnitude and uh wow i mean to be able to put this thing together so fast i mean i know both coaching staffs had to they had to crunch the film and the kids had to practice and try to get ready for you know, two teams that yeah, you know, I've Monday morning you would not have thought this this was going to happen, but to try to put all this together in such a short amount of time, and then for BYU to get here in the equipment truck, which you know that's a <laughs> that's a great story in and of itself. For Heroes. that to get here, <laughs> and then uh, you know the game plan all has to come together, and then of course game day already on site for this thing. It's just well, what a what a, what a great Saturday and a great opportunity for both programs to showcase themselves. Joe, Coastal Carolina has uh, burst on the scene, obviously getting a lot of attention this year. It's It was really largely known as a baseball school, obviously got the national championship as you, as you roll up very prominent. But give a BYU, a, not a lot of people are familiar with the backstory. Give our listeners out there, BYU fans listening out there, a little bit of the backstory of Coastal Carolina and its football program and what it's meant to this community. Because South Carolina, though you've got Clemson here, it's not thought of as a hotbed for football, but my center uh, – fan that listeners may or a player that listeners may remember terrence brown grew up in somerville yeah he was telling me some of the dudes he would play against it's like it's almost like a nfc pro bowl roster (laughs) so anyway (laughs) a lot of talent in this state and uh, coastal carolina obviously is able to capture some of that make something happen yeah we're not even two decades old as a football program i mean the uh Conception came really in the late 90s, and then the announcement was made in late 2001. We hired a coach. His name is David Bennett, and he assembled the staff, and we put a recruiting class together for 2002 and kind of had a practice season in 02 to join the FCS ranks. In the, in the Well, at the time it was called 1AA football, then eventually came FCS. But we practiced in 02 to start in 03 in the Big South Conference, and we started off like a house on fire. I mean, we had a winning year our first season and then, you know, won conference championships the next three seasons and, you know, kind of leveled off a little bit. But 
you know, we hired Joe Moglia. I don't know if anybody is you know familiar with that story. The, yeah, the uh, former CEO yeah, of TD Ameritrade, uh, right? TD Ameritrade, and he wanted to get back into coaching, and so we hired him in late 2011, and he took the program you know, to even greater heights at the FCS level. I mean, we won a bunch of games. We were you know, ranked number one for a couple of seasons at, in FCS and uh, you know, made some deep runs in the playoffs. And around, I would say, May, I think it was, of 2015, that's kind of when the Sun Belt came calling. They asked us if we were interested in, in joining that league and then moving up to the FBS. You know, at the time we were trying to find our way into a different FCS league, and we weren't getting any takers. And then when the Sun Belt came along, our administration said, you know, <laughs> this has all the pluses to doing this, to take our athletics and our university to another level. And so in September of 15, we made the announcement. And then July 1st of 2016, the day after we beat Arizona in that third game to win the national championship in baseball, I mean, the day after is when we made the move officially to FBS and Sunbelt football. And, you know, the first three seasons were tough, you know, for us to try to get all the athletes to go from, you know, the 63 scholarships to 85 and be able to compete at this level. First three seasons tough, but you know this year has been a year that I don't think anybody expected at nine and zero at this point. I mean, even our coach Jamie Chadwell told, you know, said that you know said this morning on game day, yeah, we didn't expect this. We knew we would be better, but not nine and zero. And that's kind of a you know eighteen years in about <laughs> about two and a half minutes. So uh, we're we're here, and uh, it's, it's pretty it's pretty amazing that we've been able to do that in in, in sh- you know, so short a. a, a period of time and then be this successful the way this season is with all the COVID stuff going on and you know didn't even know if we were going to play but here we are well you look at this team and you mentioned nine and oh one of the big reasons is a redshirt freshman Grayson McCall at quarterback here's a guy who when you guys started camp in the summer wasn't really kind of in the conversation to be a QB and now he's the QB 20 touchdowns one interception very efficient QB tell us a little bit about Grayson McCall He's a special player. I mean, he ran this offense that we do, this spread option kind of stuff. We run some triple out of that, and then we'll spread it around, spread it out and throw it around. He did this in high school, and so he is the absolute perfect fit for this thing. And even though he's only a redshirt freshman, he really looks like an upperclassman at times out there. He makes you know, all the right reads in the option game. He knows when to keep it, when to ride it off of the dive, when to pitch it. And then in the passing game, he is not one to just scramble out of there at you know, first sign of trouble. If his first read's not there, he's gonna check. He's gonna check it down. You know, like Zach Wilson does. He he does a great job of doing that, and so does Grayson. Grayson really has been a leader for this team. That guys have rallied around him, and again, just all the decision making that that he does, everything seems to be right. And you know, this spring he really kind of stepped to the fore and and made himself kind of a you know a, a factor in this quarterbacking race. You know, we got two guys that are juniors who have quarterbacked us in in you know in 18 and 19 and they're capable guys. I mean, we won games, you know, with Fred Payton and Bryce Carpenter, but I mean, you know, Grayson is just at a different level and he's had just a, a tremendous season for us. Yeah, the offense has gotten a lot of play and deservedly so, but the defense is no slouch. They're they're definitely doing their part and obviously when both units are playing well, it, it kind of amplifies the success of both, but the probably the most consistent and high-performing position group on this BYU team is their offensive line. Yeah. And I think Coastal Carolina, there's I've read some things where they're definitely anticipating it up for that challenge. What do you see out there tonight 
tonight to where that defensive front seven is going to be able to match the challenge of what is a very big and talented BYU offensive line. We need to get there with four if we can. You know, we need to be able to put some pressure on Zach Wilson with four. If we're having to bring blitzes a lot to, you know, to try to get around that offensive front, that's going to put some guys on the back end on islands, and I'm not real sure that's where we want to be. I, I think from a quickness standpoint, I hope I hope that we have you know something of an advantage there. Maybe we will. We'll have to see. I mean, this offensive front for BYU, we haven't seen anything, you know, the size of these guys. I mean, they're going, they're going six, five and a half, and three hundred across on average. And then you look at their backups; <laughs> these guys are six, seven, six, eight. It's and like with wow. a lot of starts on that second line too. I, I yeah. know, I know. I'm, I'm looking at that. I'm like, well, I mean, if you get in the twos, I mean, you're, yeah, you're not gonna. Those guys look just as good. So I'm hoping that our quickness, you know, Teron Jackson. Uh, our defensive end, who I think will, he should be the Sun Belt Defensive Player of the Year, he's having that kind of year. I think he's a Sunday player. Hopefully, he can be a factor and draw some attention. I'm hoping that C.J. Brewer, our defensive tackle, he's had a big year. I think he has Sunday potential. I hope you know that that he can use his quickness to get there. And then Jeff Gunner, our bandit, you know, who left here after 2018, he was a first-team All-Conference player in 2018, and then he hit the portal and went to NC State. Didn't work out, and so he he came back this year and got immediate eligibility, and he has been a huge factor for us. I'm hoping that you know he can get in there and put some pressure too, and that certainly you know the, our defensive front against that BYU offensive line is, is one of the key matchups that we're also going to be watching tonight. When this game kicks off in a little over about a hundred minutes from now. Joe, what is a sign, if BYU fans watching this game, what's a sign that they're going to see the Coastal Carolina has things going their way early? What, what, what should BYU fans be worried about if they see it on the field? If we can control and possess the football, if we can do that and hang on to the football and go get some points and maybe shorten this game, I, I think that really plays to our advantage. I mean, Jamie Chadwell loves to hang on to the football. It's, it's what he does. It's his M.O., you know, grind people out, grind them down run that clock and get some points. If we're able to do that and sustain some drives, we'll, we'll, be, in, we'll be right there at the end. I have no doubt about that. I, you know, that's, that's what we've got to do. If we're going three and out, <laughs> we're going three and out you know, quickly in this thing, that will not bode well for us. So hopefully we can hang on to this ball and move it and score some points and, and keep that, uh, that explosive BYU offense off the field. All right. Joe, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Look, looking forward to having a great game. And I mean, college game day there, short notice, things get better. And it, hey, we're just playing football on a Saturday in December. Let's go. Uh, it's it's, a, it's amazing. Didn't even know we would be here in August, but uh, here we are, and, and everything has just kind of come together. And two nine and and0 teams on national linear television. It ought to be a great one. Thanks oh, for having me on. No worries. Thank you, Joe. Jason Shepard sits down with BYU DB Troy Warner coming up later on in Shep Talk. But next, it's Cougar Cuts. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Ben Bagley and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back into the BYU Radio Studios in Provo, Utah. I am Ben Bagley. Riley Nelson joins me from Conway, South Carolina, as we're getting ready for the 18th-ranked shot declares. They are hosting your 13th-ranked 13th BYU Cougars in what, what, well, what BYU fans are hoping is going to be a show-me game for the College Football Playoff Committee. We'll talk about that coming up a little bit later. But it's time for Cougar Cuts right now. Once the rumors of playing Coastal Carolina began, everyone was waiting for the official word. It, well, not, not the BYU equipment truck. They took off Wednesday night. 
Imagine being a player practicing without knowing who the opponent would be. Center James Empey said once they found out who, what that they were playing and they were playing the Chanteliers, it was go time. Everybody just went straight to work once we started hearing some of the, the rumors and they kind of told us it was a possibility. So the film guys went to work on getting the film passed out to everybody and getting the, the Coastal Carolina film up. The GAs went straight to work getting, you know, cards drawn up and, and uh, different, you know, things looked at and the coaches went right into game planning and you know we took a few hours and watched some film while we you know waited for all that to happen so everybody is so excited to play everybody is so excited to have this game close carolina they're you know they're an awesome team we're so excited yeah it's short notice but whatever we, you know we want to play and this is an interesting situation for byu riley i mean monday and tuesday this team did practice and they were told by athletic director tom homo Practice as if you're going to have a game, and they were actually practicing for a couple of different opponents that they knew there might be a possibility they're playing. And then Wednesday night, they actually had a later practice because the rumors started to fly, and Wednesday night, even before it was official, was their first time they practiced for Coastal Carolina. And could you imagine, what's that like as an athlete? Number one, you're practicing for the uncertainty first, and then, okay, now i got to practice because i got a game in three days. Yeah, I mean, the closest thing, and this isn't even close, but the closest thing in my career that we have for this is is waiting for a bowl opponent. But you, before you show up to practice that next week to begin bowl practices, you know who your opponent is. They, I mean, this BYU team is the only BYU football team in history. They've done a lot of historic things in season, but they're the only ones to have practiced for a game in which they did not know who the opponent was going to be in a matter of days, right? Like, that—that that is uh, another unique distinction for this BYU football team this year. But, uh, I mean, they have we'll see how they handled it uh, by how they play tonight. They give me every indication, this squad, with the maturity that they've shown, the level of execution that they've been able to show, that uh, this is just going to be another, you know, uh, another thing that they handle with I- I- incredible efficiency and uh, and performance. Yeah, and it's been noted across college football. I, Stuart Mandel, the athletic, will hear a little soundbite from him later on in the show. But he tweeted out yesterday, Tom Homo for AD of the year because he's been putting in some serious overtime this season as he searched for opponents. He's rebuilt the schedule. And center James Empey says he appreciates what the AD has done for this football team. Tom's been awesome. He's he's been so good with us this whole year, and he's been transparent with everything's going on. Whether it was you know in the beginning where we didn't really have any teams to play, and then you know as we started uh, scheduling teams, he's just been so good. He's been on our side 100. percent You know, there's not many ads better than Tom, so we're we're grateful to have him and grateful that he was able to get this game set up for us because we're we're excited. I, Riley, you and I love the football side of things, but I mean, BYU is doing great on the field this year, but. Maybe they maybe Tom Homo gets a national championship for AD for what he's done this year. Yeah, I think I mean Tom's been around the block enough. If you if you followed his career from coming to BYU to his time in the pros and then getting started coaching and in the, all all the history that he had in the Bay Area and then even just his track record and time at BYU, he's not a guy that sits around and and lets and lets life happen to him. He makes life happen, right? Like he's not sitting there trying to be he would never be one to claim to be a victim of his of circumstance or or uh he's just not that personality. Anybody who's ever met him, spent any time with him, including me while I was a player at BYU, uh you just know that about Tom and that has proved out this season. It's probably never been more magnified or more apparent than the unique circumstances around this COVID and what he's been able to produce for this BYU football team. 
Let's flip, go back onto the field and talk about this Chanticleer defense just a little, or offense just a little bit. You, the, the, the kind of the spread option, triple option, interesting type of offense. And senior or senior defensive back Troy Warner talked about this offense and what he knows about Coastal Carolina. They present a, a, a lot of different challenges, but they've got a really good quarterback who uh, makes smart decisions with the football. He's a redshirt freshman, and from what I've seen on film, he he's impressed me. And off, offensively as a whole, they're they're very balanced. They can run the ball downhill. They can you know run a little triple option. They can they can pass the ball as well. They've got good good skill skill players and and, and good old linemen and good running backs. So overall, I feel like they're a very good offense that presents a good challenge for us. And and I see it as an opportunity for us defensively to uh, just be dominant and, and show show the world uh, how how great of a defense we are yeah maybe the biggest test of the day for the BYU Cougars will be this defense in short order getting ready for this offense which I was trying to think of how you best describe this offense earlier this morning Riley and I came up with the spread option triple RPO does that work Sure, it's a little long for me, but uh, it's it, you got to be comprehensive because they do do a lot of things. I mean, this is a short. A shorter version might be the mutt offense in that it's Ooh, just like it. you know it's like a dog that's made mixed of seven eight different breeds. They've just pulled kind of the best aspects from very successful offensive schemes where traditionally people have had to pick one of those, like they pick triple option like an Air Force does, or they've picked an RPO like you know the uh, Ohio State teams used to do, or they've picked the the QB run game like the old Florida teams. And they've dedicated themselves purely to that. These guys' approach is let's take the best plays, the best schemes, the the best aspects of each of those and put them all in one and see what comes out the other side. And it's been somewhat effective. Now, the nice thing about that is there is, while, while they might be the first to put them all together, these offenses have been around for a while. And at the core of all of this, it's defensive discipline because while there's a lot of ball fakes and there's a lot of kind of window dressing going on, if if defenders – you know, if the tackle's got the dive on the option, he's got to take the dive every time. If the end's got the quarterback, then the, he, the end's got to get the quarterback every time. And the force player, whether that's a safety or a corner, has the pitch man, then he has to take the pitch man every time. And it's as simple as that. Truly, don't worry. If you're the cornerback and you have pitch responsibility, take the pitch every time and don't worry about anything else. And typically when you play assignment sound discipline defense, it takes care of all the bells and whistles that they're trying to do to confuse people. Defenses have a struggle when they try and play hero ball and they're just trying to react to everything that the offenses uh, the offenses like this are doing. They have success when they block everything out. Everybody knows their assignment, and they dedicate themselves to uh, to accomplishing it. Yeah, well said. I was just going to kind of hit that same tone, but you kind of did it for me, is, is a saying that I, I actually became first familiar with from Kalani's time at the University of Utah when I knew him up there was everybody needs to play their 111th uh, on the defensive side of the ball. There's 11 guys on the field. You let the other 10 do their job. You do yours. And I think that's that meant the mentality that will make BYU successful in a short order getting ready for this kind of unique offense. Most definitely. it's uh, And if the other thing about defensive football is your assignment first and then play with great effort. That's the wonderful thing. And that's what's different from football. I spent my whole career uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And if you gave great effort – 
it, that was important on offense, but it didn't necessarily translate to success because offense is so much more about the coordination of everybody. On defense, if you just play hard and you and everybody there, you know, sur- everybody rally to the football, everybody finish, all 11 guys finishing around the football, when you do things like that, good things happen. Balls fall out and your teammates right there to fall on it for a turnover. You, uh, a a uh, cornerback tips the ball on a pass breakup. It floats in the air, and because the safety's rallied over there, he's there to pick it off. So between a discipline and assignment sound football and playing with great effort, uh, which are two things that this BYU defense has proven through the course of nine games that they are willing and capable of doing, if they do it here in game 10, while there might be some things in the early goings that they got to figure out because they're seeing stuff for the first time, they're going to be fine over the course of four quarters. Well said. Up next, Troy Warner goes one-on-one with Jason Shepard and Shep Talk. More Cougar pregame live presented by Mountain America Credit Union after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. Chef Talk's coming up next, but before we do that, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the B- new skin BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. BYU began practices this week on Monday not knowing if they would be playing a game or not today. Well, now they're facing a top 20 team in Coastal Carolina. What was the transition like for the team from preparing for the unknown to preparing for the Chanticleers? Jason Shepard sits down with BYU DB Troy Warner about this and more in today's Shep Talk. I want to know what it's like for you guys to be preparing without an opponent and then to finally get the name of the team that you're going to play. What was that emotion like for you guys? Yeah, I think before the week uh, had even started, we we knew that we had to prepare ourselves mentally and physically for a potential opponent. Uh, that was that was the mindset all week, and that was what the coaches were preaching. and And uh, the first few days of practice was really just sharpening up our our toolkit and and uh, you know doing the little things right and getting back to the basics. and And I think that re- that really was beneficial for us. And then as soon as we heard that we we're going to be playing Coastal Carolina. Uh, it was on to it was on to that and shifting our mindset to them and, and and studying film as much as we could so we can catch up on some time. How up to speed did you guys stay? Not having played last week and you had the Thanksgiving holiday and then you know just practicing this week. By the time you play, it'll be two weeks. How much have you guys been able to do over the last two weeks to feel prepared to play a game? Yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, each one of us has done a great job of just uh, keeping up with our bodies and 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 making sure we're in top tip shape. I think that. Uh, when we came back on Monday this week and we had our first practice back from Thanksgiving break, I, I didn't feel like there was any type of, you know, tired legs or anything. Like we, we looked sharp. We looked fast. We looked physical. Like it, it was like, as if we hadn't had a week off. So I felt, I feel very confident about where we, where we stand and where we'll be on uh, Saturday. I know you guys, regardless of the opponent wanted to just play a game. Not only do you get to play a game, but you get to play another team in the top 20 in the college football playoffs. What kind of opportunity is this for you guys? Because this seems like just a gigantic game to be able to schedule at this point of the season. Yeah, it's a it's one of those things where, you know, you just you just can't help but feel very thankful and very fortunate to be able to play in one of these games and for for us to get this game scheduled. 
it's a it's a big game and it's going to be played on college game day and and I'm we're very excited for the opportunity and and Coastal Carolina presents a, a great challenge for us so uh uh, definitely looking forward for to the opportunity. Well, and that's the other side of this. One of the biggest reasons BYU went independent was to be able to have that exposure. So we're talking about a late, well, now December. I was about to say late November. We're into December now. You have a December game against another ranked team, and college game day is going to be there. I mean, if you can't get much better in terms of exposure than something like this. Right, yeah. And, and that's one of the big reasons why I came to BYU is because I knew that that – uh, the platform that we have and, and the way that they do things here that I would have opportunities like this and we would have opportunities like this to kind of showcase what BYU football is all about. Um, and, and uh, you know, that's why this university is so great is because you can do things like that and, and play on a big stage and, and, and showcase the talent of the players and the, and the staff and the, and the organization as a whole. And uh, yeah, I'm very, very thankful for it. What do you guys know about Coastal Carolina? Just looking at their offense, which is obviously the side of the ball that you guys will face. Really good quarterback. It's a guy that that has the ability to, to use his legs to make plays. What do you know about the Chanticleers offense? Yeah, the, their quarterback is a, is a very great player. He's a redshirt freshman. And from what I've seen, he's been very oppressive for how young he is. Uh, he makes very smart he's He makes smart decisions and uh and take, takes care of the football and uh I think them as an offense as a whole is is very balanced and and they can run the ball downhill they can they can do triple option they can pass the ball downfield and they and they and they get the ball out quick as well so very well rounded and they and they present a great challenge for us defensively and well, uh, I think we're doing everything we can to prepare for them well and the way that you guys have played all year long, I have to imagine that you guys feel pretty confident that regardless of the opponent, as long as you guys do what you guys can do, that you'll be successful. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel very confident with, with what we have going here in the, in the way we've been playing football this year and, and the talent that we have. I feel very confident against anybody uh, that, we can, that we can execute and, and, and dominate on every level. You ever been to South Carolina, by the way? Uh, I don't know if I have. My East Carolina, I don't know that that's 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 around there, right? Yeah, yeah, it's near, yeah, that's right, that's right. So yeah, it's it's near there. So well, yeah. uh, let's wrap things up with the final four questions. So these are the uh, personality questions. So if you could have a Zoom conversation with anyone, who would it be? A Zoom conversation with anyone? Oh gosh, uh, I, I would probably say a few of my favorite players in the NFL. I, I would say just to get a little two cents from them and, and have to help improve my game. I would say that. Uh, what's your cheat day snack, meal, or dessert? Cheat day, I would say in and out, double double doubles. Uh, it, got it. That's a perfect cheat right there. All right. Yeah, you're yeah you're speaking my language now. All right. What sport would you play if you didn't play football? Uh, I would probably play basketball for sure or baseball. All right. Last question. What makes the 2020 BYU football team special? The, just the com the camaraderie and and the the amount of hard work that this team dedicates its, itself to and and that we put in uh, important to this game. I think uh, that's the reason why we're really successful successful this year. Troy, I know this week in terms of prep and everything about it has been condensed. Thank you so much for squeezing a few minutes in to do this interview. I really do appreciate it, and good luck against uh, Coastal Carolina. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Anytime. Go Cougs. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Troy. Coming up next, it's the QB Read with Riley. You're tuned in to Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Ben Bagley. Ben Bagley. 
Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Reward yourself with my style checking from Mountain America. Earn points towards travel, gift cards, events, and more. Details at macu.com slash mystyle. Membership required based on eligibility. It's time for our Q- weekly QB read with Riley. Riley, let's talk a little bit about preparing on a short week. Most definitely. I think, uh, first of all, when you get faced with a short week like this and one with a lot of unknowns, you got to go back to fundamentals. But fundamentals with some adjustments as a former player how i would have approached this week would have been the following now ben do you know where are they at in the academic school years because aren't we around finals we are we're about a, a week and week or two from finals yeah so not the best time but my first approach would have been all academics go out the window we we got to get ready to play this game on friday with the uncertainty of it and hopefully guys were on you know that's why i always like to try and stay on top and ahead of my academics so if something like this popped up or you needed to dedicate some extra time to a game you were able to but as a player uh, you got to be able to allocate your time appropriately and this would be a week where definitely you want to free up your schedule academically uh, so hopefully you've got yourself some breathing room there so that you can focus on preparing yourself and preparing for the opponent. Another key thing is that during a normal schedule, you have plenty of room where you're in with your position coach and you're in the film room and you're and you're doing a lot of talk. Where, with the opponent being decided, really, I mean, it, it was officially announced on Thursday, but really kind of decided Wednesday night. I would have sought extra time to go in. You know, if I'm Zach Wilson, I go in with Coach Roderick and I go in with Coach Grimes. And I get – normally you get the finished product because they have their staff meetings and they come and present what they talked about in staff meetings, give it to you as a player. I'd go in there one-on-one with them or try and ask to get into a staff meeting or something so I can be – like, what are we thinking as far as putting all this together? Because if you're part of that, it can kind of shorten some of that transfer time that normally you have Monday through Friday to disseminate that information. Now only having – Wednesday and Thursday and Friday being a travel day, if you can spend some extra office hours with your coach, that's going to make a big difference. Uh, Third thing would be don't, as a team, and this is mostly on the coaches, but players as well, don't overreact to physical preparation. you got to understand that, like, you're not the only thing trying to cram in extra physical reps is going to do is potentially wear you out or affect your recovery for the game. You want to be able to peak perform physically. That's going to be football's a physical sport, and as much as there's a giant mental aspect to it, you have to be you know your muscles can't be sore you can't be fatigued and, and also coming to the east coast which we know you know all the data supports from the nfl college all levels of football whenever you cross two time zones you know it's it affects your body more than uh, any other road trip so i would have been lighter on practice and, and heavy on the mental but with a big emphasis on guys making sure that they were rested and recovered and then lastly Hopefully, from a preparation standpoint, hopefully at this point in the season, BYU knows what they're great at. The, the game plans offensively and defensively, regardless of what Coastal Carolina does, should be 80% just what do we do best? What are our most efficient runs? What are our best play actions? What are our most successful shots? Put all those in the game plan, and then maybe we'll, you know, 20% of it will be some stuff that we think might be uniquely successful against Coastal Carolina. Defensively, all right. 
who are their playmakers, Where who do we need to make sure that we're always aware of, how do we align, what's been our best schemes, what's been our best pressures, what's been our best red zone goal line defenses, throw all those in, and, oh, you know what, I think this twist might work. If we swap this on the back end of a coverage, you know, it, it, we might be able to catch him off guard or get him to make or catch him, you know, in a mistake or something like that. But, again, that's only the 20%. And then lastly, probably the, the greatest collegiate coach across any sport of all time was John Wooden at UCLA, and he was famous for saying that he never watched film on an opponent. I don't think any of us actually believe that, but the point he was trying to make in saying that in his many books and conferences and everything is just that if a team is focused on themselves and their execution and performing at their highest level possible, the rest should take care of itself. And I think for the situation that faces BYU this week against Coastal Carolina, that uh, John Woodism, Woodenism definitely holds true. Riley, you talk about kind of putting academics on the back burner, then you talk about mental toughness, preparation, and John Wooden. We knew you were a cerebral guy, my friend. <laughs> I do what I can. Coming up next, we'll visit with the voice Greg Rebell. Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, continues next on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Ben Bagley and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. And welcome back as we get ready for the 13th ranked BYU Cougars as they face the 18th ranked Coastal Carolina Chanticleers in South Carolina. It was a quick trip to get out there, but he made it. Everybody made it. I don't think, I, I think, Greg, were you on the back of the equipment truck that went cross country or did you, you actually get to fly? No, I was already out here. They had to come meet me. I was up in Connecticut uh, doing basketball. So I had a, I had a shorter trip and, uh, and, and I didn't have, uh, I didn't have to do it on a road either uh, as the equipment guys did. But uh, yeah, I came down from the East Coast, farther down the East Coast after basketball this week. And so I was already kind of in the neighborhood, if you will. And the, uh, the football equipment guys had a much longer itinerary. And by the way, uh, I tweeted this out, and BYU announced a short time, or BYU's announcing that uh, the two equipment truck drivers, Hal Morell and Fili Taufa, uh, they'll be carrying out the Y flags today. Nice. People who know BYU football know that the, uh, the Cougars come out with the flag bearers at the front of the group. And the two truck drivers will be carrying out the Y flags. That's what a, awesome! What, what a great touch, right, by the program to do that. So that, that's that, that's a unique and special honor. And re- literally, BYU wouldn't be playing this game without those guys <laughs> today. You just can't get um, the, the, you know, the the equipment loads that football teams have without the use of semi trucks and semi trailers. And and normally you have much more advance notice. And and Tom Homo and, and the program were taking a gamble, right? Because they when they put them on the road. It wasn't yet a done deal. Yeah, Wednesday uh, night. They, they hit the road Wednesday evening, and this thing wasn't really a certainty until Thursday. So it was a bit of a risk, but one that BYU had to take to make sure this game could be played with uh, jerseys and pads and footballs. And so that's all been done, and that's a really cool gesture from BYU. Uh, the great line from Hal yesterday on BYU Sports Nation as we talked to him is he said, uh, I grew up a Willie Mays fan. I always wanted to be in Sports Illustrated, but it took me to be a truck driver to do it because do Sports it, yeah. Illustrated fe- featured him, and that was pretty awesome. Happened. Hey, let's talk about this game today, though, Greg. Uh, some personnel notes. I know BYU fans looking to the return of Lapini Katoa. Are they going to see Lapini on the field today? 
That is the plan. Uh, Lopini Katoa has practiced, and, and, and Kalani plans on him being good to go today. In fact, in our pregame conversation, he, he mentions uh, Tyler Algier and Lopini Katoa in the same breath. And so he is counting on Lopini getting some reps today. That's excellent news. He got hurt. In fact, the only negative, really the only negative to come out of the Boise State win, Ben, was Lopini getting banged up. Pretty bad ankle injury that day, and, and it's been four weeks, and, and BYU needed every bit of them to get him ready to go. He wasn't able to play against North Alabama. The hope was, well, certainly San Diego State, but then this game popped up, and the question was, kind of race against time, would Lopini be ready? And the answer to that question appears to be yes. So good news for Lopini Katoa and the BYU offense. The one-two punch is back with Tyler Algier and Lopini in that backfield. Defensively, uh, down, a, down a couple guys. Uh, one they didn't expect to be, and, and one they kind of hoped would get back in time. Now, the hopeful one was Tyler Batty. But uh, he uh, just, just didn't make it through the week the way he needed to to be ready today. So Tyler Batty will not play. It's a deep defensive line, Benjamin. You know they rotate a lot of guys. But uh, Tyler Batty was such a revelation early in the season. The hope was he gets ready for December but won't be available to play today. So no Tyler Batty yet on the defensive line. And uh, don't expect to see Keenan Ellis at one of the two starting corner spots today. Keenan and Chris Wilcox had been playing opposite corners lately, and Keenan's not able to go today. Uh, look for Isaiah Heron to step into that left corner spot. And Isaiah's had a good year, a couple of pass breakups, so down a defensive back are the Cougars there. But pretty much everyone else is, is present and accounted for. Greg, uh, okay, a rooster, a Chanticleer, actually, yeah. uh, teal turf, mm-hmm. and they just got, now they're coming out of the tunnel uh, in in gear prior they were coming out you know without their helmets and everything and a bunch of flowing in my opinion ugly mullets give us a sense you've called a lot of games in a lot of places but give us a sense for this coastal carolina experience well take it from me o'reilly any hair is good hair <laughs> all right so i'm never one to criticize a style because at least they've got it uh and, and you said they came out in the all blacks and that is true uh, Coastal Carolina will be in the All Blacks, so the first thing I look for is what kind of contrast do I have with the jersey numbers, and it's not ideal, all right? It's uh, it's teal on black with the teal being outlined in white, so there's at least some visibility contrast with the white, but, of course, you know, the play-by-play guy, um, you know, desires, you know, white numbers on dark front, on dark backgrounds for high visibility. That said, they'll be in the All Blacks, and BYU will be in the All Whites today with royal trim and the gray face masks, so they're back to the... Uh, um, the, the, the Gifford-Nielsen helmet, as they called it back at the time. So the all-whites for BYU, the all-blacks uh, for Coastal Carolina. And just everything about this week, Riley, is unique. Uh, we literally were setting up our trip uh, via text. Uh, I was coming from a different place. You guys are coming from Utah. And we're just all doing this via text, and I'm hoping this thing would actually get official at some point. Between that part alone to the fact that, yeah, we actually got the whole crew together. Mitch was available. You were available. I'm here. Engineer Michael Wimmer's here. We got intern Tyler on the trip. So it all came together. The equipment got here. Uh, BYU flew out with no hassles whatsoever yesterday. And when they land, BYU fans are the welcoming party. I mean, again, it, 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 we, I guess people who've heard this broadcast for you know years and years know that we always talk about it, but it never gets, it never gets old to talk about wherever we go. Cougar Nation shows up. And, in fact, we're right now, Riley. We're looking uh, to the, I guess we call it the south right now, or the southwest. And there's a, a fence line along the, the outer border of the stadium. And it is lined with BYU fans right now. And and I have to presume these are fans that may not end up in the building. Some might. But I think a lot of people are going to stay on the street at the fence line. Cheer, I wouldn't be surprised if they stayed to cheer on the Cougs today. I, I see Y flags flying. Uh, this is... 
uh, it's heartening, right? You're in, it's BYU's first ever game in South Carolina. Like they've, they've never been in the state before, and yet wherever they go, Cougar Nation is there to support them and show up. It is so cool. Everything about this week just has turned out to be so cool. Well, I have to tell you a, a quick story on that note, Greg, is I woke up this morning to a text from uh, Seth Killenbeck from Nashville, Tennessee, a, a Cougar fan and booster out there who she was sending me pictures of Cougar fans there in the backdrop for game day. So uh, Cougar Nation showing up and proud and loud. Let's talk about this game, though. One thing about this game, an interesting game, not just a late game, but an interesting game because it's kind of, I'm calling it a show-me game for both sides, but more in particular for the Cougars. The committee has been asking, the playoff committee has been asking for bigger games for BYU. Well, they've got one because the Chanticleers are by the committee standards, a top 20 team. So what does BYU need to do to show the committee today? Well, first up, Ben, just that point alone, this is a team the committee ranks, okay? The, uh, not, not just the AP and, and the coaches poll, which has uh, the, the Shauna Clears 14th right in both surveys, but the playoff committee says this is a top 20 team. They've ranked them ahead of multiple P5 teams. So the committee has already said this is a team we like in Coastal Carolina. If you beat this team, I think you show the committee what needs to be shown. And there's still weeks left for other teams to play and lose games. We, of course, presume that BYU finishes undefeated. They would have to be, of course. There's a game to be played next week on the 12th, at least one more game on the 12th. I can't speak to the 19th yet, but let's go first things first. That said, BYU is indeed kind of showing the committee, okay, well, maybe maybe you'll appreciate this one. Okay, this is a team you guys like. Um, and and if, if BYU can win this game, and whether it's handily or not, I think just getting out of here with the W would be good. Uh, it's it, it's a chance for the committee to, you know, kind of have to uh, you know reassess a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's not a P5 program, but we all know the P5 programs aren't playing ball, Ben. Uh, <laughs> they left BYU's schedule and they weren't coming back. You know, the, the Cougars would have uh, would have gladly taken a P5 uh, if, if one were available. Uh, the fact they got a team this good, a nine and team, a top 20 team in the in the playoff rankings, a top 15 in the AP. What a uh, what a golden opportunity for BYU coming almost out of nowhere. Absolutely. Hey, Greg, thanks so much. We're about a half hour away from you and Riley taking over, so get ready. This game's coming quick. Excited, Ben. Great stuff. Good to have you back on the team, and uh, and we'll be talking to you soon. Always good to be here. After a quick break from our, our, our weekly segment with A View from the Sidelines with Mitchell Juergens, Cougar Pregame Live presented by Mountain America Credit Union continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. It's the 13th ranked BYU Cougars as they get ready to face the 18th ranked Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. It is a top 20 matchup that came together in three days. I'm Ben Bagley here in the Provo studios of BYU Radio. Let's go back out to Conway, South Carolina in the booth where I'm joined now by sideline reporter Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch, how are you? I'm doing good, Ben. How are you doing? You know what? It's good to talk to you again, buddy. I'm doing great. We got good college football on a Saturday, and that's awesome for BYU fans. Hey, this this is awesome, and and I mean this is the first time that I've actually been to South Carolina. Um, my wife lived out here for a year and a half, served her mission here in South Carolina on Myrtle Beach. Got to run on the same beach that she ran on, um, and and here to watch football now. So it's I mean it's a it's a really cool experience for me, especially and 
Um, just just happy to be here, Ben. Just so you know, there was a 15-yard penalty and a flag thrown in the studio on you and Riley Nelson because that's the second reference from you two about running on a beach and why I'm stuck here in Provo. <laughs> that's a 15-yard penalty, unsportsmanlike conduct. Hey, let's talk about this game. I, I talked to Riley a little bit about this, but I want to get your your opinion. I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing, Mitch, there was never a time in your career where you had three days to prep for a, an opponent and a top-20 opponent at that. But talk to me from a player's standpoint – What's it like getting ready on short notice? Yeah, I mean, especially this late in the season, um, there's really it's it's not as difficult as as one may or one may think it would be. Um, this late in the season, I mean, you you look at how much prep they've had just week after week playing different opponents. It, it'd be a completely different conversation if this came, you know, in, in the first couple games of the season. Um, these players and 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 you look at the situation as well. To BYU's perspective, they, they're they hungry for this game. I don't think really th- there's much of a disadvantage to the short prep week. They're all going to put in their time to get film in. There was a, there was a long flight, right, a, a four-hour flight. You've got plenty of time to get prepped. Uh, I know the coaching staff, uh, maybe a little bit more on them, um, probably lack of sleep, just getting everything ready to give their players the, the resources to come out and be prepared for this game, uh, but for the players specifically, uh, not, not not too different. Uh, I don't think as far as you know how difficult it's going to be with the lack of preparation because mentally and physically, I mean, these guys are ready. These guys wanted a game. Didn't matter who it was. Um, they're going to come out here and perform. And I'm I'm guessing we're not going to see too much lack of preparation. Um, you know, visibly here on the field today. Well, Mitch, I, I know your first sideline hit from the game today needs to be on the size of the bags underneath the eyes of the coaching staff. Who <laughs> I heard reports that we're getting three-hour naps, not night sleeps, three-hour yeah. naps from five to eight o'clock in the morning before they got back to work. Yeah, no, it's it, it's going to pay off. You know, if they can come out here, obviously these players are going to perform. Do it for the coaches, and hopefully. You know, on the on the flight home tonight, they can they can sleep rest, well. close their eyes, <laughs> and uh, just just sleep in peace. I guess we'll say. Hey, nine games into the season, looking at the tenth game today, we kind of know what we can expect from Zach Wilson. He's been really efficient, and and I, he's a top four Heisman candidate. Come on, he's been fantastic this year. But when you look at the other side of the ball with Deshanta Clears, QB redshirt freshman QB Grayson McCall, kind of burst onto the scene this season. And he's got 20 touchdown passes to one interception. He's got 117 completions on 174 attempts. Now, his yards and other things aren't really fantastic, but he's efficient and moves the ball, if nothing else. Yeah, the thing that sticks out to me the most is is the maturity, right? From a redshirt freshman, you typically don't see – I mean, you don't see it in college football in general, right? I mean, Zach Wilson's putting up Heisman numbers, 26 touchdowns to two interceptions. Out of a redshirt freshman, 20 touchdowns to one interception, I mean, you just don't see that. Um, the the confidence and the poise and the maturity that this guy plays with, um, it, it's – I mean, it's remarkable. Um, but then you go, I mean, to his feet as well. He can make things happen. He's, he's got that dual threat ability. And what, what an incredible story for this Coastal Carolina team led by a quarterback who's proving – I mean, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter, um, you know, how much experience you have. Um, now, with that said, I, I think what I'll be watching today is, you know, we haven't seen a true test 
from Grayson McCall. Um, this is one of the biggest games that he'll face as a redshirt freshman. You tend to see some mistakes. You know, how is he going to respond to the pressure? And, and I think we're going to find out a lot about, you know, really just how good this guy can be, especially under, you know, that kind of pressure with this game, uh, which which will, you know, could be a storyline for the game today. Well, you talk about pressure. I mean, they've only allowed 1.1 sacks per game, their offensive line. Uh, doing a really good job protecting him. And part of that is because they get the ball out so quickly in that. In the tri- I'll go with Riley. Much simpler, the mutt offense, as, as Riley deemed it. Uh, but you look at this, and I think this is where one of the keys of the game is, is the advantage that BYU has on the offensive and defensive lines. Their size and experience advantage is enormous on both sides of the line. What are you looking for early from both fronts that tells you that they've established and will continue the dominance going through the game? Yeah, honestly, uh, ball control, right? So from uh, you know BYU's offensive line, this this is one that I'm really excited about this matchup. I mean, you look at Coastal Carolina, and one of their strengths is their front seven. Um, but they have not seen a team like BYU in size, in strength, in um, just pure mass. Um, and I personally think, I mean, they're going to be shocked, right? It's a, to come out front, if BYU can consistently move that ball. You know, we talk about the, the offensive line just being so big, but they, I mean, I, I'm so high on Tyler Algier this season. And when he comes at those linebackers and, and delivers a blow, I think it's they're going to have that shock factor. Like, man, these guys, they play, not only are they big, but they play with so much force. They play with so much physicality. And if they don't, you know, if they're not expecting that, um, I, I mean, and, and BYU shows that dominance early on in the first quarter, I think it's hard to, to pivot and, and come up with a game plan to stop that. And so, I mean, you're going to have to be dialed in from the first quarter. Um, you go to the flip side as well. I mean, uh, this BYU defensive line is deep, and um, I think it's going to be a true test uh, for Coastal Carolina. i uh, just excited for that matchup because I, I do. I think it's going to be one of the telling factors of how this game turns out, um, who can establish that dominance as early as possible. Well, you mentioned Tyler Algier and his physicality. I've been very impressed with Tyler throughout the season. In fact, this is an unofficial stat, Mitch, so don't quote me on this, but I believe he leads <laughs> the country into never being tackled backwards because I don't know that there's been a time this season where I've watched him take a hit and fall backwards. Well, what's cool about, I mean, watching Tyler, it's the love that he has for contact, right? I mean, so many times you see running backs, I mean, anybody with a ball, if, if there's a sideline in a player, I mean, it's smart play to, to jump out and, and kind of save yourself because you're going to take a lot of hits, especially a running back. But Tyler, any opportunity that he has to just exert his force on another player whether he has the sideline to uh, to kind of bail him out he, he doesn't take it I mean he just he loves that physical contact and, and rightfully so he's good at it he can I mean everyone that he faces he's falling forward and um, and, and displaying hey I'm a, I'm a I'm a big guy I'm gonna take it to you and he does he runs with bad intentions Mitch and then that's <laughs> what we expect out of every one of your sideline reports today as Greg throws down <laughs> to some some sideline reports from Mitch Jurgens on the broadcast with bad intentions they're good intentions because they're gonna be great yeah, yeah. On the other, thanks, Mitch. Appreciate it. Have a great game and uh, enjoy enjoy your time on the beach. And we'll see you back in Provo soon. Yeah, hey, thanks so much, Ben. Appreciate it. On the other side, well, we're going to hear from multiple people as we kind of go cut through the game from a national and a local perspective. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live, presented on by Mountain America Credit Union on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. <laughs>
You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. We're getting you ready for 13th-ranked BYU and 18th-ranked Coastal Carolina, as we've discussed throughout Cougar Pregame Live today. This game came together quickly this week, and not ju- and it's not just any other game. College Football Playoff Committee has twice said that BYU has BYU lo- ranked lower in, than the other polls have them, analysts due to the schedule not measuring up to their standards. Agree or disagree, it doesn't matter. Is the committee's words that decide which teams make the playoffs in the New Year's Six Bowls. So the Cougars are hoping to make an impression today. Now in just three days, BYU finds itself across the field, across the field warming up to play a top-20 team that if BYU could win, one would think that it would impress the committee as the committee put the Chanticleers in the top 20. This is something that wasn't lost on BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo as he got emotional on Thursday when asked what it meant for him to be able to get this game for the BYU team. I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to express. I just I just kind of got grounded, kind of because of our team. Um, I feel that like early in the season, I just knew that this team had something going. They could really be special, and who knew? And it's just kind of been fun watching them that. As they go and play, they're having fun. I mean, it's not all fun and games. We've had some injuries. We've had some COVID uh, virus guys. We've had a lot of, we've had some difficulties, but they've just had so much fun. So it's like I try to stay grounded just to plug into those dudes, plug into the coaches and go, what do we got? What do we got? And they keep, they just keep feeding me. Let's play. Let's play. Get us another game. Come on, let's go. And it's like they're pushing me to go get the games. And so I just, I just keep my – it's like my job is to try to see what's out there. And, and it's not just here in Provo that people are excited about today's top 20 matchup. ESPN's College Game Day was already scheduled to make its first ever appearance in Conway, South Carolina. And now that trip just got a little sweeter for host Reese Davis, who said yesterday that not only is this a good game, but a great game and one with high stakes for BYU. The original plan would have been a good game. This is a great game. And it's a, it's a game that people are excited to see. Uh, not only because the two teams are undefeated, but there are legitimate stakes here. BYU needs something that impresses the college football playoff selection committee. My personal judgment is they haven't gotten their due. I think they should be ranked higher than they are. But if they get a win over a team that the committee has deemed a top 20 squad, BYU will put itself in position to uh, perhaps get an at-large bid to a New Year's Six Bowl. Words echoed by college football writer and editor-in-chief at the Athletic, Stuart Mangdell, who yesterday on BYU Sports Nation agreed and says that with a win today, the committee, by their own standards, should see BYU move up the poll. I think if BYU wins, it's what the committee needed to see to justify ranking them higher. I mean, I have to think that the people, they do watch the games, like they say, and I have to believe that they think BYU is really good, but they just don't think they can justify ranking them higher based on what is basically kind of a, a mid to low level group of five schedule. Um, now this is a group of five game, but it's a team that the committee respects enough to have ranked in its top 20 an undefeated team this late in the season. 
I mean, you hear them all the time when they're talking about why they have a team ranked where they do. They have X number of top 25 wins. So here you go. Here's your chance for that win. And it's not like they have to move that much higher. Uh, they're 13 now. You probably have to get to 11 in the final ranking uh, to be high enough. So certainly I think it would they got to finish the job against San Diego State, but, you know, those two should do it. And when it comes down to it, as Chanticleer's head coach, Jamie Chadwell, said, preparing for the biggest game of your college football season sometimes boils down to asking for divine intervention for both sides. Well, we're doing a lot of praying right now, and I know they are too because they're Mormons, so it's going to be an interesting one there. Uh, you know, they're really good offensively and really good, you know, defensively. And um, their, their, their rankings are what they are because they go out and dominate people. They're obviously the quarterback's a Heisman guy. They're really good, uh, balanced. And then defensively, uh, you know, they're shutting people down. and They're, they're, they're huge, they're big, and, they, and they're really physical. When we come back, we'll look at some other action in college football. This is Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to preview today's matchup with head coach Kalani Sataki. It's the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show, presented by Zions Bank. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. The Cougar Pregame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. Let's rejoin Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon, Cougar football fans, and quite unexpectedly, we welcome you inside Brooks Stadium on the Coastal Carolina campus in Conway, South Carolina, as this afternoon it's a top 15 showdown that popped up almost out of nowhere. It's number 8, BYU visiting number 14, Coastal Carolina. Both teams also top 20 in the college football playoff rankings, BYU 13th and Coastal 18th. I am your play-by-play commentator, Greg Rubel. With me is the slinging, scrambling southpaw, the former BYU quarterback, Riley Nelson. And Riley, after consecutive weeks of BYU being underranked by the playoff committee, it's a golden opportunity for BYU. Chance to record a win over an undefeated ranked team that just might be enough to move the needle as the New Year's Six Bowl picture comes into clearer focus, today's game is precisely what BYU needed. And clearly, the Cougars were truly ready to play any team, any place, any time, even if it meant crossing the country on essentially a moment's notice. Oh, you relish the opportunity to play football whenever you can, especially in circumstances. That, I mean, BYU, if I'm a BYU football player, I'm looking around and seeing teams that struggle in cancellations week after week. You know, the team just a few miles up north can't even seem to put a game together, yet you've had nine opportunities and a tenth one popped up before an eleventh one next week. You're absolutely excited. We talk about the committee and the rankings. You, as a player, control what you can control, and that's your effort and execution on the field today. I can't wait to watch this BYU Cougar team and uh, take advantage of this opportunity that has fallen into their lap on such short notice. We'll hear from head coach Kalani Sitake about what it took to get this game on the schedule and get this show on the road when we come back after this. You're listening to the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. Kalani's pregame interview next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues. Once again, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
from Conway, South Carolina. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. Coming to you from Brooks Stadium on the campus of Coastal Carolina University, this 20,000-seat venue has never before hosted a ranked FBS program. Eighth-ranked BYU, the first-ever top 25 team to play on the teal surface that plays host to the Shot of Clears. BYU fans, this reminder now that when the Cougars win, you win with Papa John's Pizza. With a BYU win today, pizza will be 50% off at PapaJohns.com using the online promo code BYU50 on Monday only. That's BYU50, but Monday only. This offer good at any Utah Papa John's location. Well, until a few days ago, Coastal Carolina was scheduled to host Liberty, but uh, a COVID spread within the Liberty program uh, put that game in jeopardy. Coastal and ESPN then began looking for a replacement, while at the same time, BYU was looking for a good team to play today. And in our pregame conversation, I asked head coach Kalani Sitake about how it all came together and how his team prepared to play today. You know, we told our guys to be ready to play at any second. And, and um, I think when the, the week happened um, where nothing happened, you know, I think the players were a little bit disappointed. I mean, a lot of them had already adjusted their schedule to, in hopes that a game would happen. And then when it didn't, they were disappointed. And then we had to make an adjustment of, of, of uh, getting them back again and then kind of doing the same thing again. And then uh, practice uh, just was basically San Diego State. And, and we knew that there were some possibilities of other play, other teams. And so we tried to do as much as a, a cover-it-all type of deal. <laughs> and and um, they could tell. They could tell that there was something going on. And then, uh, you know, we, we just – we did – we were able to adjust our practices, and, and then, you know, when Thursday was confirmed, the guys were really excited. And so the excitement replaced with was replaced with preparation and, and trying to put it all into a couple of days. And, and that's probably more on the coaches, the players, however. You just got to keep the passion, the energy going and, and watch as much film in the next little bit. And, and that's why the flight over, it was it was exciting to see a lot of guys uh, focusing on Coastal Carolina and, um, you know, we're, we're just really excited to be here. You can tell that there's, there's a high level of appreciation for the opportunity that we have to play this game. I'm sure, I'm sure once the game got confirmed, the adrenaline kicks in, right? I mean, it's time to go. Oh, yeah. And, and, and the guys, we, we had great practices all week. But there's just something that happened after the, the game was confirmed. You could tell it's a, it's a, it was a kind of another notch, another level up, you know, as, as far as our guys going. And uh, I'm, I'm so excited. I I, I I just can't wait for tonight and the game gets here and, and away we go. So what kind of challenge are you getting from a 9-0 Coastal Carolina team? Well, I mean, their offense is, is uh, they run a unique system. It's, it's an option system, but out of the gun. And so it's going to take a high level of, uh, of discipline, you know, and guys being assignment sound. Um, they're not a lot of time to practice it, but that's okay. We'll, we'll have to we, – we've been focusing on being disciplined and assignment sound as a defense the entire season. And so – this will be another test for us, but this is just a matter of being making sure that we're, our mindset's correct, that that we're that, that our mindset's correct, that we actually are leveraging the ball to the right people and spilling it. And um, when you put all the intricacies of that together with with a, a, a with how much they do on offense, it may cause some problems. But I feel like we have a, a good system in place. I feel like Coach Tuyaki and Coach Lamb and the group have done an excellent job preparing them. And then on on offense um you know it's a matter of our guys uh only the line of scrimmage first of all and mm-hmm. 
And whether it's a run or pass, we've got to we've got to show our physical abilities up front. And I think the rest will take care of itself. Uh, I like to see Tyra Algier and Lopini Katoa being able to carry the rock and and then uh, you know an opportunities to throw the ball downfield and and to our receivers that are big playmakers. So um, it's going to be an exciting game. I think the all three phases are going to be really important. Special teams are going to be a key for us as well. I really believe that um, that's something that we've been waiting for for something to pop for special teams and. Uh, and, and make a difference. So hopefully this will be one of those times tonight. Lopini hasn't been on the field since the Boise State game, but you mentioned him a moment ago. Yeah, he, he's had great practices this week, and so we were looking for him to be on the field tonight. And, and, and um, you know, him with Tyler will give us a good a good, a good mix, and then we have uh, other backs that can play as well. And Kavika Funu has been there and played a little bit. Miles Davis is a freshman that's coming along. So um, we really feel good about that group. It's so rare to get a 9-0 versus a 9-0 and you're in that situation right now. And, and you know and your guys know that there are a lot of people that are expecting you to go out and, you know, quote-unquote, prove something. But I know that's not how you think about it. You, you think about doing your thing, and when anyone else decides to interpret, that's up to them. You're going to go play your way. Yeah, we, we've had the, – the sense for us isn't to prove anybody. It's just to play and, and confirm what we have worked on the entire season and the off season for these players and the sacrifices that they've made – to show on the field by the way they play and, and it, with their energy and their effort. And then and we'll live with the results. That's, that's, how, you, that's how we do it. We, we try to keep it focused on simple things. You know, we have 60 minutes to play, and let's not waste a second. And so uh, we're going to go out there and give it our best. And, and if we show it our best, I like our chances. You know, we've done so far nine times we've, we've tried to play at our best, and I don't think we've done it yet. So let's see what happens. You know, I, I think this is a good time to do it. Finally, can you appreciate the fact that BYU, though, is a big part of the college football conversation right now, and the Cougar Nation is so energized by what's going on? Yeah, this is, this is the, the position that we want to be in, where people talk about our team, talk about our program. We have a fan base that's been hungry for it for a long time, and in a, in a lot of different areas, a lot of different sports. And so it's, it's always good to see um, when things work out for us. And, and But I, I also want to mentioned that it, it fuels our players too you know when our, our our fans are so passionate we get off the plane there's fans <laughs> here um you know the the welcome us um, from provo when we land in myrtle beach and so uh we, we know we're going to have fans supporting us and so a good number of them aren't going to be in in the stadium you know but uh we know that they'll be there just like they were when we went through boise and played them so it's going to be a lot of fun and, and our players are well aware of of the uh the, the fan base and then and uh, they think of them often. What a great day uh, for BYU's first ever game in the state of South Carolina. Kalani, thanks for the conversation. Good luck today and tonight, and we'll talk to you postgame. Appreciate it, Greg. Let's go. That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake leading us into the Homie home field advantage, brought to you by Homie, who reminds you that there's no place like home playing in front of Cougar fans who have your back. Homie's got your back, saving you sweet cash when buying or selling a home. Call it your Homie home field advantage. And today we note that while BYU's playing its 10th game of the season, the Cougars are playing on someone else's home field for only the fourth time this season. BYU's, of course, perfect outside of Provo with wins at Navy, Houston, and Boise State to this point. This has been the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. This is BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Kickoff is just around the corner. You're tuned to the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show. The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by Bailey's Moving, 
We move with you every step of the way since 1952. BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. And by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Hello and good afternoon once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Brooks Stadium on the Coastal Carolina University campus in Conway, South Carolina, about 15 miles northwest of Myrtle Beach. As today, the eighth-ranked BYU Cougars play the 14th-ranked Chanticleers. Both teams also in the latest college football playoff rankings, BYU 13, Coastal 18, a win today. Could mean big things for the winner. BYU playing for the boost it likely needs to get into New Year's Six territory, while Coastal could be knocking on that same door with a victory. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show, brought to you by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. And today, the Cougars look to join Notre Dame, which we expect to finish off Syracuse to get to 10-0. They'd be the only two 10-0 teams, Notre Dame and tonight's winner. Undefeated BYU visiting undefeated Coastal Carolina. And so the Shana clears the same designs on the 10-0. Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson with you in the broadcast booth, joined by engineer Michael Wimmer and spotter Tyler Gibb. Former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens reports for us from the field level and in the Zions Bank end zone. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. Our studio host today is Ben Bagley. Our engineers, Barry Squires and Sean Fay. Coordinating producers, Terry South. And our control board operator is Cole Wissinger. Broadcast intern back at BYU Radio is Andrew Gray. Great to have you with us today on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our satellite flagship, BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143. Our over-the-air flagship in Salt Lake City is KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Also good to have you with us on the various online streams and apps. And do download the BYU Football Podcast for broadcast archives and highlights. Well, in the weeks since BYU's last game against FCS foe North Alabama, the Cougars' quest to play, well, just some more football, has become a national story of note or series of stories. And just when it appeared that BYU's hopes would be dashed this week and that San Diego State would remain the only game remaining on the schedule, the Coastal Carolina situation emerges, and as we all know, the game came together in literally a matter of hours. Riley, today's game is the consummate risk-reward proposition. Cross-country travel, very little prep time, undefeated opponent with a jackhammer offense and a tenacious defense, but if you win it, you essentially show the CFP committee and anyone else who has questions, again, that BYU's truly one of the country's top teams. You absolutely had to have taken this game, regardless of the risk that there would be of of you know getting caught off guard for all the reasons that you just mentioned east anytime you cross two time zones the data shows that that's tough on any team at any level nfl college football or otherwise a team that's running an offense that really is very unique in in the whole set of sba of s fbs football you don't see anyone else running into not only the type of style but also with the level of execution that coastal carolina is and, uh, of course, your guys didn't even know about this until late Wednesday night. But uh, for all of those reasons, uh, you, you can't let fear be your motivator. Rather, you have to let the pursuit of success and the pursuit of really capitalizing on what has been a special season thus far, amplifying that. And uh, this opportunity arose. I'm so glad that it all was able to come together and BYU is taking advantage. We'll have more of the BYU Store. Cougar kickoff show straight ahead after we tell you that this season – 
BYU football and Mountain America Credit Union are changing lives. For each field goal that BYU makes, Mountain America will donate $250 to the American Red Cross to help fund humanitarian services and programs. Our pregame look at BYU and Coastal Carolina continues from Brooks Stadium in Conway, South Carolina, right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, the two 9-0 teams going head-to-head today here in South Carolina, BYU and Coastal Carolina meeting for the first time ever. Coastal playing only its fourth season as a full-time FBS member, and this season's given the shot of clears their first Sunbelt Division Championship The shots will take on Louisiana in the Sunbelt title game on December 19th. They'll also play a game at Troy next week. This is an open date for them that was filled by BYU. And, well, it was supposed to be Liberty. Liberty, of course, filled by BYU on the schedule. Well, today's game featuring a marquee matchup at quarterback. Wilson versus Grayson. Zach Wilson and his 26 touchdown passes to only two picks against Grayson McCall and his 20 touchdown tosses to only one interception. Riley, even without P5 next to their names, these guys are among the very best signal callers in the game. McCall's numbers may not be quite as showy in terms of raw yardage, but when it comes to efficiency, he's not too far below Wilson's incredibly high standard being set. When you have touchdown-interception ratios like that, the biggest thing that jumps out to me is not arm talent. It's not a a lot of the things that razzle-dazzle like a draft combine, but it's rather the ability that these quarterbacks have developed to operate these offenses at the absolute highest level. Grayson uh, McCall for Coastal Carolina is obviously doing that, and Zach has done that for BYU. And by the way, might I add, you mentioned the touchdown to interception both are dangerous weapons with their feet i mean they're not primary runners but in a secondary or when the opportunity presents itself they're both able to hurt opposing defenses so it, even though it's always funny guys like aaron Rodgers, tom brady like to point this out even though they will never be on the field at the same time there will be quite the duel of two quarterbacks playing at a high level here tonight you mentioned their running numbers and they've combined for 13 rushing touchdowns eight for zach and five for Grayson McCall. McCall runs for more yards, but uh, Zach usually takes off when they're closer to the goal line. Speaking of which, time for tonight's Hyatt Place Comfort Zone feature. At Hyatt Place Provo, your safety and comfort will always be our highest priority. And BYU is very comfortable throwing to its freshman tight end, Isaac Rex. He continues to lead all freshmen with eight touchdown receptions. Only Florida's Kyle Pitts has more touchdowns among tight ends. And Riley Isaac is a big reason that BYU's red zone productivity has skyrocketed over last season. He is a very inviting target the closer BYU gets to the goal line. He and you mentioned Zach Wilson. Those are the two biggest weapons that BYU has had in the red zone and down by the goal line because Zach takes advantage of having to account for all 11 in the run game Mm -hmm. down by the goal line. And Isaac makes you, you're able to give a presentation of a power run package have him block for a second or two, release, and then he's been so good at making high-point contested catches in the back of the end zone, coming down with those. I mean, every team runs those, but not all tight ends catch those at such a high clip. They're not so skilled as Isaac has been so far this season. I expect either or both of those uh, to come and play here tonight. All right, we are back with more of the BYU Store Cougar kickoff show right after this from Conway, South Carolina, Brooks Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU and Coastal Carolina coming up just after the bottom of the hour. A 37 past the hour kickoff time is forecast. A top 20 showdown between BYU and Coastal Carolina. Our stats intern Caleb Daly telling us tonight that uh, since 2000, so in the last 20 years, BYU's 2-10 against top 20 opponents on the road. The two wins came against TCU in 2006 and Wisconsin, memorably, in 2018. Well, the Cougars into shot of clears squaring off on a day that began with ESPN's College Game Day crew here on the Coastal Carolina campus. This evening's meeting of two 9-0 teams, one of the marquee games of the day, certainly, in college football. Well, it's been a while since BYU's been in a closely contested game. It was almost two months ago at Houston when the Cougars trailed by 12 points late in the third quarter before going on a 29-0 run to close the game and win going away. Since that day, every game has been a runaway. But today, we shouldn't be surprised if BYU's given its stiffest test of the season. And Riley, I'm eager to see what kind of game BYU's capable of when the outcome is not in question and the first stringers maybe needed to play the entire 60 minutes. We've not seen full-throttle BYU for a full game in a long time. We thought we were going to see that with BYU, but they came out and with took Boise care of... Boise State. Or, I'm sorry. We yeah. thought we were going to see it with Boise State. Yeah, thank you. But BYU came out and took care of business. I mean, knocking the quarterback out, absolutely playing suffocating defense, and, you know, from the absolute get-go at Boise State with that first play to Dax Mill, you know, coming out right out of the shoot. It's crazy, Greg. I had completely forgotten that they trailed by 12 points against... Houston in the second half. Uh, boy, how quickly they were able to erase that memory. Uh, but here tonight, I too am anxious to see. I, look, I have no doubt they're up for the challenge. They're, they're up for the challenge of coming across on short notice. They've been chomping at the bit. As a starter, as a player, you want the op- you, pr- you prepare all week. So when you get, whether it's a quarter or half of, even if it's a half of quarter taken out so that the backups can play, when you get that taken away from you, you feel shorted. So uh, I ho- hopefully Coastal Carolina's up to the test for BYU. However, I would not be terribly surprised if BYU came out similar to Boise State or similar to how they ended that Houston game and simply took care of business. I think they are that much uh, more talented of a roster and that much more deep of a roster that they can do that with Coastal Carolina. However, we are out here in South Carolina. Coastal Carolina does pose some unique scheme oppositions and they do have the mojo of 9-0 and going as well. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays. Yeah, to be clear, if Zach Wilson's resting again in the fourth quarter, I'm really okay with that. I really am. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, we have more of the BYU Store Cougar kickoff show coming up after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU and Coastal Carolina coming up moments from now here on the Teal Field of Brook Stadium in Conway, South Carolina. It's BYU's first ever game in the state of South Carolina. Among the many things Coastal Carolina does well is to stay on the field on offense. The shot of clears are top 15 in possession time and top five in both third and fourth down conversion percentages. Meantime, BYU in its last game had only one defensive three and out against an FCS opponent. Riley, if the BYU defense is not getting off the field, the shots are a team that can make you pay a certainly much steeper price than the one charged by North Alabama. That said, UNA passed for more than 300 yards, and that may be another area of potential concern. 
<laughs> BYU's defense has to be much tighter than it was in the last game. Granted, FCS teams don't always you know, bring out your best maybe, but uh, Coastal Carolina will demand it from BYU today. Yeah, Greg, I think it was truly an anomaly. I Look, BYU came out and took care of business, and they they I think they were dialed in, but they weren't. There's different levels of intensity. One of my favorite movies, Spinal Tap, I think this game goes to 11 uh, from the BYU pass defense. Also, a big element of that, when we mention pass defense, oftentimes we think the back-end defensive coverage, but a big portion of that, especially this season when we saw, we've seen more sacks this year than we saw last year, I think they eclipsed the total number of sacks for last the 2019 season through the first four or five games of this season i think the pass rush will be far more amped up than it was against north alabama they did not bring a single blitz that i can recall in that northern alabama game so uh for for those reasons i don't uh i don't see any worry or any concerns and this byu there's just a different energy it's in the stadium the fans that were lined up prior to pregame watching the guys fly around during warm-ups there's a different energy here than there was against north alabama all right, we will hear from Mitchell Jurgens after we take this break. We're at Coastal Carolina, Brooks Stadium in Conway, South Carolina, and you are tuned to the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. sounding crowd here in the stands at Brooks Stadium. 5,000 fans being allowed. That's been the limit for every home game for Coastal Carolina this season. 20,000 seat venue seating 5,000. A quarter full? Yeah, you'll get a good noise out of that building. Let's head down now to field level and former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch reporting from the Zions Bank end zone for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. And Mitch, uh, these players found out Wednesday who they'd be playing on Saturday and really not confirmed until Thursday for real. Then they cross the country to be in position to play the game, and it's a game on which a New Year's six hopes may be riding. I know it's a challenge, but it's also a really cool opportunity and among the more unique experiences a college football player could ever hope to have, right? Yeah, absolutely, Greg. I mean, these players will remember this week forever, you know, for a number of reasons, right? With, with a short week of preparation and cross-country, you know, travel, uh, we're, we're aware of the challenges, but in my opinion, Greg, honestly, I don't think these are going to matter at all. Uh, BYU is playing with such a, a big chip on their shoulder after the updated college football rankings came out, and I think we're going to hear it and feel it tonight. Um, as most people look at this game as, you know, potentially the least prepared BYU will be for a game just with the with the time constraints there. Um, to me, I mean, I think they're more prepared than ever for this matchup mentally, physically, and, and just with pure grit. And I can't wait for kickoff here in a couple minutes. So, uh, Mitch, stay with me for a second. Yesterday was uh, cool and gray and rainy. Today, 
picture perfect. Yeah, it's a little cool, but it's December. It's okay that it's, uh, that it's 60 and not 80 down here. But it was uh, sunshiny, not a cloud in the sky. The sun has now gone over the horizon, so it's beginning to be uh, dark as dusk falls. What a, what, a, what a great game day environment for BYU and Coastal Carolina. Perfect weather and... Uh, and the national audience will be uh, will be tuning in. I'm excited. Oh, absolutely. You know, this the, this the, the weather for today, I mean, you can't ask for better weather here in December. Um, this is this kind of like October weather in, in Utah. Um, it, I mean, it's perfect. The players, it's, it, the cold isn't going to affect at all their play. Um, this is honestly a perfect night for football. And, and when you look at it, just grateful that BYU's playing. This is what fans have wanted for so long, um, a chance to prove themselves in a top 25 matchup and, and a great matchup here with Coastal Carolina. Um, I'm just you know, five minutes away, Greg. All right, that is Mitchell Jurgens. The officiating crew tonight is led by referee Kyle Olson, and he will be presiding over the uh, coin toss. The coin toss was scheduled on our countdown sheet for five minutes before kickoff, but it may slide below that as we are at uh, four and a half minutes until kick right now. But I do see the officiating crew coming out of the field. The captain's not yet on the field, so the coin toss may be closer to uh, to three minutes before kick, which is a little more traditional. But I see BYU getting its captain in place for the coin toss. It is BYU in the all-whites with royal and gray face masks. And the Shana Clears will be in the all-blacks with teal. And uh, Kairos Tonga, I believe, will be the Cougar captain out for the coin toss for BYU here tonight for Coastal Carolina. They will send out for the coin toss their right guard, Trey Carter, who leads the team with 46 consecutive starts. And so a captain for each team is ready to saunter on out to midfield, and referee Kyle Olson will greet them there with the coin as the Cougars now make their way onto the field. The Coastal Carolina fans let them hear it, and the BYU fans buoy their guys up. And let's tell you who the flag bearers are for today's game. The USA flag is borne by Sol J. Mayaba Peters. The South Carolina flag by South Carolina native Hank Tuipilotu. And in a very special gesture, the Y flags were trotted out today by the BYU equipment truck drivers Hal Morell and Fili Taufa, who got BYU in a position to play today. So a very cool gesture for BYU rewarding their truck drivers with the opportunity to run out the flags here this afternoon. All right, Kyrus Tonga and Trey Carter are coming out to the 50. Referee Kyle Olson will bring them through the coin toss, and we'll be ready to play Cougar football on a Saturday night marquee matchup. Captain shaking hands. Let's head it down to the referee. All right, we're not hearing the referee's microphone, but he's uh, with the captains, has shown them the coin, and has gotten their call. We just don't hear it. So the coin's been flipped. And I'll try. It looks like BYU's won the toss, and I would presume the Cougars will defer. Cougars will kick off from south, rather from north to south, our right to our left. So no referee BYU microphone. BYU has won the opening coin toss, has elected to defer. Well, good. North Carolina will receive the opening kickoff. There we go. I interpreted it all correctly, but he would have. Normally, the referees let us hear the coin toss. Right. They kind of de- they kind of describe it as it goes along, but he did the whole thing in silence and then gave us the results there at the end. Well, we got it right. Uh, BYU wins the toss. We'll kick off. It'll be Coastal Carolina to open the game with the football. Let's get you now the keys to the game, courtesy of Riley Nelson, and brought to you by 
Ken Garf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen, proud supporters of BYU and the Cougar community. We hear Cougs. Riley, what do you have? I'll be quick with my keys, Greg. I just want to let the listeners know that every one of the 5,000 that you just mentioned in this stadium is on their feet. you got ACDC. This, the energy in this stadium is palpable. It is pumping tonight. It's got me jazzed up. All right, keys for the game. Offense. Uh, offensively for BYU, it's all in the trenches. Everybody expects you to dominate up front. You have to come out and do that. Establish nice physical run play, nice pass protection. Keep Zach upright. Give him time to work through his progressions. But uh, most most importantly, physical style of play. Get Tyler Algier going. Get the run game going. Defensively, assignment sound football. Be disciplined with your eyes. Be disciplined with your assignment. Know it before every snap and then play with great effort. That's the second that's the key for the defense. And then the last key for the third phase of the game, special teams. This is a Coastal Carolina offense that does not produce a lot of turnovers um, at just under one a game. But you can find turnovers in the other phase. So I'm hoping, or, or a key for this BYU special teams unit, is to produce a turnover somewhere in the punt, kickoff, or field goal area. Those are the three keys today.